previously on Seeds for Your Marriage. Johnson said this at a conference, that sexual relations with your mate is a weapon of warfare. And I do Mm -hmm. believe that because that's something that you have with this person that you don't have with anyone else. And it is covenant. It's a covenant relationship through the cutting of the covenant. And I believe that sexual relations are very important. I believe there's a connectivity that you get from that, especially when you're living the life that we're talking about, not just having sex. But there's, there's a connection that comes that is, is so, it's so intimate and binding that you feel different about that person than you would any other friend. Being intentional. The, this all leads to a good marriage, right? It's, it's to be intentional with your words, be intentional with your actions, and, and these are the seeds, your seeds of marriage you guys are talking about. Other just words of wisdom or how do I start to shift my relationship towards what I want if I'm standing in a place where it's not what I want? This is the Seeds for Your Marriage podcast, where we interview married couples who have overcome difficulties in their marriage and share their testimony of how they did it. We want these tips and tools to inspire and help you thrive in your marriage. We are Trisha and Thomas Walker, relationship coaches. We teach couples proven strategies to connect deeply and achieve God's design for an amazing marriage. That doesn't have to change over the years Mm -mm. because you've got 30 years where your friendship has continued to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I guarantee you, the Clint and Jennifer that are in front of me today are not the same Clint from 30 years ago. Mm -mm. Yet you've continued to cultivate a relationship that has continued to strengthen from season to season to season. Definitely. Yeah. And I think some of that does come through working through things together, living life together and working through things together, it strengthens your relationship even more. You can you can allow it to strengthen or weaken. You know, it's all about choice. choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. There's another uh, issue I think that a lot of marriages have when you have children is, um, and this tends to happen with women more than men, but the the women tend to to get closer to the children than they do their own mate. And one thing Jen and I never, we decided a long time ago, was that um, we would be number one, not the kids. And, you know, the Bible says, for this cause, uh, a man and woman will leave their father and mother, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of marriages end up where um, they've put so much emphasis on the children and they've become so close to them that they would rather lose their mate, their spouse, than their child. And so I think that you need to protect yourself and realize, hey, uh, children need to be children and the spouse needs to be the spouse, right? Yeah. And not not, not take that role on. Yeah, and I, I, I believe when you were saying that, I, I was getting a picture of it's not just um, like being connected to your child above your spouse, but once you do that, it can produce an unhealthy life lifestyle and unhealthy stronghold that whenever you go to have your marriage that that kid goes to have their marriage that they have that uh, that unhealthy connectivity to their parent that they don't know how to connect to their spouse yeah yeah Yeah. because there was an unhealthy connection Mm -hmm. that they were brought under 
brought up in. Does yeah. this make sense? It, it does. makes a ton of yeah. sense. Yeah. I just saw that. I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> that yeah. makes sense um, that you have to relearn, okay, this isn't the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just those unhealthy soul ties yeah. that can get created um, even un- unintentionally, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so get the kids out of the bed. <laughs> yes. They shouldn't be sleeping in the bed with you exactly. when they're seven years old, you know? No. <laughs> I mean, even earlier than that. Um, you know, making sure, I mean, at some point, yes, you have to, you talked about the 777. At some point, you do have to go on a vacation, just the two of you. Yes. Family vacations are wonderful, but <laughs> the vacation with just me and him is even more wonderful, right? And... Um, but you do have to uh, to want that and agree that this is important and communicate mm-hmm. about it. Because if you just if you don't communicate about it, then n- nothing ever happens. That's right. You know, um, when our youngest was born, we we were desperately. I think she was almost a year. We were desperately in need of a, a vacation, just the two of us. And but I was still nursing. And he says, well, I want to go on this cruise. We need this. We need to go on this 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 time, just the two of us. My mom's going to come. And so you just, we, you, you need to, um, you know, stop breastfeeding. And I'm like, wow, like that's a big choice because I wanted to breastfeed her longer. And I was like, oh, okay. But I had to choose. So we bought a pump. Yeah. <laughs> there I, you go. I, I bought a pump and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to eventually stop breastfeeding, you know, because, yeah. but still, yeah, I had to choose that time with him over my child. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Well, your children, they leave. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. do. Thank God. They do, they do not stay forever, right. hopefully. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so this, is, this relationship is what we have forever. Right. It, yeah. it, it stays. And so, yeah, and putting we, that in perspective. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were raising kids, we had to make that very clear because – we agree it's God and then it's Trisha, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then the kids come beneath that and mm-hmm. then work comes beneath yes. that. Um, and we had to make that very clear to our kids. That's right. Because kids, <laughs> they want, I yeah. call them wedges <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they pick up on if I can get in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, right. and then the next thing, you know, you've created separation and it can be unintentional. I don't mm-hmm. think kids want no. to do that, but they're, yes. they're going to gravitate to where they're getting what they want. Right. That's yes. what, that's their starting point in life is give me, I have, what, I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I'm just, uh, I think that's really important is to, make sure that we keep the proper order of priorities and then make sure the behaviors follow that. And the truth is to have healthy kids, my relationship with Clint needs to be what God created, right? Or else that relationship, the kids will not have a healthy lifestyle. They won't be brought up in a healthy lifestyle. So a lot of times we think, oh, we have to do what's right for the kids and all this. But if you get your relationship right with your spouse, all that will fall in line. They will see a healthy role Mm -hmm. model of what life is supposed to be like, and they will become a healthy individual. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) we've we've hit friends, right? Being friends is good. It's a good route that we need to kind of nurture so it can grow to produce fruit. Sex is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's holy. It's a it's a root. Um, it's not a fruit, if mm-hmm. you will. And there's another area. I wouldn't call this a fruit, maybe or a root, but finances. As you know, I mean, you've worked with a lot of couples over the years. I'm sure where finances becomes one of those wedges, if you will, mm-hmm. that can 
reap havoc in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and when we were having breakfast, you were sharing, sharing that you haven't had a lot of disagreements, but one area that if you have had conflict or areas you've had to walk through, it's been in the area of finances. So I just wanted to bring that into the conversation and have you share a little bit about your journey and as it relates to finances and, mm-hmm. and what you've walked through there and, and overcome. I just want to speak to one little thing about finances. And sometimes people say this may be a little old school, but um, for me, it was very important whenever we married. Clint had some debt. I didn't have any debt. Um, but I I knew he had school, school loans. Um, coming into that relationship, I knew that whatever he had, was becoming mine, and whatever I had was becoming his. So I was willing to take on what he had, his debt. Mm. And um, and and one of the decisions we made um, for us was to have a joint account, and we didn't separate our finances. We've never separated our finances. We've always been uh, together on that, and I feel like it's, um, it's very important um, in order to cultivate a good, healthy relationship is that I'm not going to hide anything from him. He's not going to hide anything from me. Whatever is mine is his and vice versa. Um, so yeah, I just will say that from the beginning <laughs> with finances. Yeah, and there's some, I know some cases where maybe a, a man or a woman has had issues with drugs or something and they may have to separate accounts and keep real tight control over money or something. Uh, but one of the things we found out is is that you know one thing Jesus he talks about more than anything in scriptures is about his money you know, and so uh, if we can get that right, it's going to be a benefit to us and not a hindrance, right? And so for us, it was very important that we became one in finances. Uh, and you're still I don't know about you guys, but for us, it's still been as a pastor, you're not making a lot of money, right? It was uh, it was a challenge. To to um, in the financial in the financial realm, and so we were always struggling, and there was always something that was happening and going wrong, and so um, those were just times that we had to work through those things. And you know what I found out was being a husband, I think, means being a house manager is the actual term for it, and it means it doesn't mean that I'm over everything. It means that I find out who does what best and let them be over it. And what I found out was is that Jennifer was better with finances than I was. Mm. And so I said, okay, you're going to be the finance manager. And she ran the checking account. She ran the checkbook. She paid the bills. She did everything because she was better at it. I was, to be honest with you, just flippant with it. Wouldn't fill out the register. I still won't fill out a register, <laughs> right? I mean, even with the church, the accountant calls, hey, could you have Clint put in these, uh, uh, these expenses. expenses into Expensify? I'm like, oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> so so a lot of people think, like, and especially men, well, I'm in control, and I make the money. I make more money than she does, uh, which I do right now. I may be able to change one day. But uh, – it's been I should, both ways. <laughs> I, should, I should have more say-so about what we do with the finances. Mm-hmm. And really what I did was, I, I, you know, the Bible says submitting yourselves one to another. It does talk about um, wives submit yourself to your husband, but there's uh, submitting yourselves one to another. And so there was a time that I had to submit to her on the finances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was good. It was good. It was a good season to say, okay, you make the decisions, and then we'll go by that. Uh, now, most of the time we have like a, 
a meeting before we do anything. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to spend a lot of money. We're not going to buy a car without any uh, the other one's approval or whatever it is. Um, so we'll meet together and we'll say, okay, this is a big expense coming up. Do we want to do this? And we'll make that decision together. And what we found out is if we're not in agreement, we usually just don't, don't do it. it. Yeah. And so, but on the finances, a lot of times I had to, as especially with kids, um, uh, I just submitted to her because she did it better. She was just a better financial person than I was. So, um, listeners, this man knows what he's talking about. Listen to Clint. I've learned through experience, everything, every example you've given, I've walked through, um, of, being able to realize Trisha's better at finances than me, um, realizing of not going out and buying the car and bringing it home and saying, oh, hey, honey, look at <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. So um, it, this is real talk right here. Like these are real, I think, examples and, and perspectives that I think are real as to a, a man being humble enough and vulnerable enough and honest enough to acknowledge who's better at what and let that as a house manager Divide and conquer, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. It'll be a better house if she does the finances. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have two scriptures that we want to highlight. So the first one is Proverbs eighteen twenty two. So he who finds a wife obtains favor of the Lord, finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. So he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And you were talking about that earlier. Do you want to explain how you interpret that and, and what that means to you? Yeah, so, uh, and I think that we could, because the scriptures were writ- written by mainly males, uh, you know, men, uh, we could probably um, put spouse there because it could be she found a husband, you know, uh, is that when you find a spouse, uh, you it's not only just a good, I mean, it is a good thing, but it's also the favor of the Lord. You obtain the favor of God. And so she brings the favor of God on my life, and I bring the favor of God on her life. So it has that that idea of, of sacrifice almost, you know, that uh, like Jesus laid down his life so that we would obtain favor, right? And so it's the same way in marriage. I lay down my life so that she'll obtain favor. She lays down her life so I'll obtain favor. I think that's like, wow. Just to think that the way God set up this life is that he's using you to bless Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And he set up Jennifer to bless you. That's right. That's so good. And that's the perspective, right? I mean, if every marriage could have that, we're, we've, we've been raised too much with our wants, our needs, right? And we've been told to focus on those, you know, and uh, I need to focus on her needs and she needs to focus on my needs. So it's interesting. We used to have that scripture written on a rock. I don't know if you remember, we had it written on a rock and it was on our front porch when we lived in Seattle. And so I, that scripture actually used to mean a lot to me. I really felt like when you talk about family and generations and I just really felt like it just said something about who we were as a family and as a married couple. And I just felt like it really, um, I don't know, just just spoke to who we were when people would come to our house. And Yeah, yeah. that's good. What was the second one? Oh, the second one was Proverbs 19, 14. Um, you touched on this earlier, too. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Yeah, it, the 
you know, just being prudent about as a spouse, just looking to the future and, and not living by the moment in the sense of I'm just letting things happen. You know, chaos naturally comes, right? I mean, yeah. if, you, if you've got a garden in your backyard, you don't have to do anything and weeds are going to sprout up, right? Yeah. But a prudent farmer weeds the field. He goes out there, pulls the weeds, he waters, he fertilizes, he does all of those things and uh, and uh, he's prudent about it. Why are we not prudent with our marriages? Yeah. We just think that, well, we're going to say this, uh, we're going to get married, kiss each other, and it's going to live in bliss the rest of our life. And it just doesn't happen. You have to be prudent about your marriage. So good. I I remember about six months into our marriage. I don't know if you remember this, but um, you know when you get married, it's bliss, right? You go on your honeymoon and blah blah blah. Life is good. All the like the endorphins and everything is being released in the yeah. brain. It's like you're looking at your finger, and you're like, oh my gosh, like look at that. And then six months into our marriage, I looked at you and I said, the honeymoon is over. You remember that? No. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Because you looked at me like that when I said it. And what I was saying at that time was, if we're really going to have the beautiful marriage that we want, we are going to have to work for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's right. Yeah. There's a scripture that I wanted to read. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. It just was making me think about mm. a lot of times our perspective is all about me and what I want. But if I shift that perspective, just like what we were talking about to Clint, everything's taken care of for me when I just don't look at me mm. <laughs> and I look at how can I love him? It, to me, that's, that's what good. that scripture is saying. Yeah, that's really good. Sorry about that. Sorry about bringing up that memory. <laughs> um, we're still living in the honeymoon phase. But sorry. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to um, uh, start to wind down. And one of the things we like uh, to do, Clinton, Jennifer, is just have you release words um, over the listeners, um, words of encouragement. Um, you know, uh, everything that you've said has been such, I mean, I th- I'm sure people are going to go back and listen to this because, Sometimes you have to listen multiple times to really catch everything that was released. And there was a lot of wisdom um, and experience and biblical perspective that has been released. Let's try to sum it up, right? So we've talked about um, fruit versus root. We've talked about cultivating friendship and sex and finances as some areas that we need to really work on. And just being intentional about our habits and our routines, focusing on each other, um, and then taking a stand and, and declaring, this is the marriage we will, uh, you know, ask for me in my house, we will serve mm-hmm. the Lord, yes. Yes. right? That's a strong statement. It, it, it sets, it, it sets mm-hmm. so much in motion. So share a little bit, if you will, summarize or any new nuggets, like people are out there, they need encouragement, they need hope, they need faith, and some practical steps that they can maybe take to start to move in, the, in a different direction if they're not getting what they want right now. Yeah, I'm going to bring one more up in just a second. The first thing is the practical is start date night. Just start with date night mm-hmm. just or date day, whatever it is. We get a whole day off, so um, we just spend the day together. And then uh, I was thinking about this with the sex life and with just overall um, marriage health is what about physical health? You know, I was overweight. I was 250 pounds uh, before we moved to California, and I had high blood pressure. 
lot of stress uh, on my body, a lot of different things going on. And when we got here, we decided to get in shape, that we were going to get healthy. And I think a lot of people are having problems with their sex life because they're not in shape. They're not healthy. And so uh, <laughs> our sex life improved once I lost 30 or 40 pounds. I'm Amen to that. Come on. <laughs> and so, so I, I just want to encourage people, if you're out there, listen, your health is important. Yes. Your health yeah. is important. Yeah. Go to the gym. Yeah. Work on your body. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Eat healthy. You know, start eating healthy. You know, it's okay to drink a little wine or have a beer or whatever you're doing, but do it in moderation, right? Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't drink 12 beers every day for six months. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be healthy. Right. And, and then wonder why your sex life is, is, is going wrong. Or, yeah. And I'm eating cheeseburgers and fries every day. And, you know, I don't have the energy to have sex. So yeah. um, I think it's very important, so important to have a good health, you know, have good, um, be healthy. Yeah. So that's some of the nuggets. Um, I just want to encourage people, if your marriage is struggling, it's not the end, Right. It's, uh, I always say it's a, it's a, um, when you come to a problem, it's an invitation into a better way of living, right? Because sometimes if you don't go into the problem, uh, then you mm. don't step, make the changes needed. But if you're having problems right now, it's an invitation for change. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect time to change. And so uh, the Lord is here and he will, um, I just know the Holy Spirit, he wants to kindle the love between you and your mate. There's something we that we have to do, but there's something he does too. Only the yeah. Holy Spirit can make yeah. us one flesh. Yeah. Only the Holy Spirit can make us one flesh. And he didn't say you'll be, you know, that we're becoming one flesh. He, he said we are one flesh. When we got married, we became one flesh. Amen. And so uh, the Holy Spirit wants to work with you in that. Yeah, I would just um, say that realigning yourself with the Lord and if you're having problems with your relationship, to invite the Holy Spirit, invite the Lord in the process. Ask the Lord, um, show me what I need to change. Show me what, what I need to do. And ask, ask, him, ask him to rekindle, just like we said. But I believe that the first step is making sure that the Lord is in the relationship. Because marriage... Mm doesn't uh, marriage doesn't just happen but you need God in the relationship yeah each person needs a relationship with the Lord and then have a relationship together with the Lord and um and have principles that you live by that hey this is just like we said this is the way we're gonna live we're not gonna um, visit these we're gonna take these thoughts captive that are coming in that are not from what God says and we're gonna align ourselves with the word of God love it I love it. So good. I really, no, I really do. Like it's so good. And and I'm so glad that you brought it back to, you know, our first love and, and the father and, Mm -hmm. um, and father, son, Holy spirit being at the center of the relationship. The other piece, as we wind down, I just, I have to say this because you've talked about different aspects and I just want to make sure everyone understands it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about, the garden and when roots grow, they all begin to intersect and, and intertwine with one another. So sex and our physical fitness and our finances and how we communicate mm-hmm. and our relationship with Christ, all of this, like we have to tend to the entire garden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's good. Yeah. 
But Christ at the center can get to a lot of the stuff that's in the roots, yeah. right? So it can not feel overwhelming. It with His help, He can mm-hmm. He can He can start mending a lot of that stuff just naturally. Totally, you know? and He'll point to because sometimes you can you can have problems. And it looks like five areas, but if you just go attack the one root that's yeah. that's maybe damaged, you actually reap the fruit in other areas of your life. Right. And so I think that's what you're hitting at as well Mm -hmm. is like, okay, Lord, this feels overwhelming. Where do we go? Where do we start? And then let that begin to multiply um, in your life. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's good. So how can people find you? Uh, (laughs) You can find us at revivesf.com. And uh, we'd love to, if you're ever in San Francisco, come visit us. We're a small church, but we're a family church, and God's really doing some amazing things. Pray for us. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's very expensive to run a church in San Francisco, and it's expensive to live there. And so we are 1% Christian in San Francisco, 1% practicing Christian. There's, there's mission fields that have more Christians than the city of San mm-hmm. Francisco. So pray for us. Pray that God would send revival to San Francisco. We believe he is, yeah. and that there's going to be a harvest of souls there. Amen. Amen. Clint, Jennifer, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for having us. Such a blessing. So fun. You guys yeah. have become such good friends. We love hanging out with you guys. And this has been a blast being on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank well, you so much. Thank you for listening to Seeds for Your Marriage with hosts Trisha and Thomas Walker. We pray this episode has given you tips and tools on how to thrive in your marriage. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Trisha and Thomas. We want to hear from you. Be sure to leave a review and let us know how we're doing. It's our desire that this podcast completely benefits you. So also let us know future marriage topics that you would like to hear about.